you kind of somehow came up with a system how we could literally just shoot like hundreds of ads. You noticed that really early with Instagram Reels. Now almost everybody's doing it because of Alex Ramosi and you. There's always a choice to be made between feel good and tell yourself that you're better than you are or feel like shit but make more money. If you look at Amazon, if you look at Booking.com, these people are constantly testing. Every eight-figure business owner I talk to and I ask them, what percentage of people do you hire that you talk to? They all say 1%. I made a joke. My girlfriend might know more about running ads than you, Max. <laughs> I always tell my clients, I will make you succeed or I'll make you quit. The following is a conversation with Robin Bauman, the mastermind behind the marketing and advertising of the Max Torno brand and Freedom Business Mentoring. He generated over $50 million in revenue for his clients worldwide. And we will be talking about what you need to do in 2024 if you're making 50K a month plus with your coaching or service providing offer and you want to scale to multiple seven figures a year and largely automate. This is the scaling podcast episode. We're going to go super deep into scaling and automation. So lean back and enjoy. All right, Robin, good to have you here, my man. Uh, over 50 million online generated for your clients. You've completely rebuilt our funnel. Uh, you've helped us out tremendously with our cold traffic with Freedom Business Mentoring. Uh, that's why I wanted to have you on because I kind of want to document what we're going to do in 2024 to hit eight figures plus what you know people need to do if they're currently making you know roughly 50k a month in order to scale to multiple seven figures and how people can largely automate uh lead generation but also the delivery side of things and everything so we kind of want to call this like the multiple seven figure podcast episode with the one and only uh, robin bauman so thanks for being here man yeah thanks for having me has been a uh Great year. Yeah, and yeah. And now we're looking forward to uh, doing that again, but uh, on steroids. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's going to be a couple of things that we're going to be working on. Uh, one thing that you might have noticed if you have, like, for context, we're talking mainly about coaching and consulting, right? Yep. That means people that are selling some coaching package or also online course, but they're helping people out um, in that way. So Same. we're not talking about e-commerce or anything yeah. like that. Service providing is another. Service providing as well, right? That's what I'm doing. So I help people with ads, yep. just like you. Um, so those we're talking about those kind of businesses so the first thing you will kind of see is that this whole like you know booking a call and everybody knows it's a sales call by now right yeah, yeah. so you see like oh yeah book a free call apply you know uh, for this try this get access to that if you book a call so the first thing that we're going to be doing that is segmenting a little bit better there so that a specific problem matches the subject of the call and we're also going to work on like per the perceived value of that call yeah like there's a bunch of people that watch your ad and they directly want to book but if they don't directly book how are you going to make sure that those people book right so that's one of the things we're going to be working on yeah another thing of course with you and that's also something we talk about a lot is like you know there's a lot of gurus in the space so we're going to go even more authentic yeah, uh, and we're gonna do something different messaging wise. People will see what that's gonna be, <laughs> um, but we're gonna be different than everybody else screaming and saying like, "Hey, this is the best online business model." Yeah. Uh, so we'll be doing some stuff like that. So that's the biggest thing messaging wise, and that will be in the ads, that will be in the calls, uh, that will be pretty much in everything. Uh, another thing that I'm really bullish on, like if we look in Europe, is like the whole WhatsApp thing uh, and chat messaging. There's a lot to do. Yep. So those are the biggest things that we're gonna work on. And we are also reverse, engineer, reverse engineering our sales process a little bit, thinking about like, okay, you know, how can we make it as easy as possible for our closers to close yeah. by just making the marketing really good and pre-qualifying people there. Um, so that we also, the people with money actually book a call fast and we close them. So, I mean, there's a lot to talk about, but I think that's pretty much it in like, in a nutshell, what yep. we're gonna work on. Yeah, and to, to 
back paddle here for for a little bit and kind of zoom out and give people a little bit of an overview over you know how the market is going to develop especially for online coaching consulting service providing is this whole high ticket thing has changed a lot over the last three years massively especially after covid because a lot of people came in a lot of new people came in a lot of gurus got uh uh, you know, had things explode in their face. So I, I would almost argue that <clears throat> kind of like the easy times are over, which means if you don't find ways to improve yourself constantly and to reinvent things in your funnel, and by funnel, I mean from starting with ads over to the content that you're producing all the way to the closer closing, if you don't reinvent yourself there and you stay, you know, on, on top of your game, so to speak, you're going to lose out. The times where you just... <clears throat> copy paste some funnel from someone have B player closers there they're over you might make some money but especially if you want to you know plow through the ceiling of 100k a month and you really want to scale to multiple 100k a month you need to be able to reinvent your, yourself to to be unique in, in a certain manner and to really be efficient with your marketing with your sales and everything it's like the margin for error is getting smaller and smaller that's one of the biggest lessons that we've had in 2023 last year and that's one of the things we're going to go full on attack mode this year and you know we've had a a, a re really great meeting with our executives earlier today <clears throat> where we said aggression innovation and speed these are kind of like the three things you really need to hone and it takes balls you know it takes chutzpahs and uh, that's why I think it's so awesome to have you on board because you're a, a facilitator of that. You you don't only have the the balls to do that, but you also have the know-how. And and really funny enough, before we crack deeper into the nerdy stuff, um, I'll never forget, man. Like you were our client years ago. Uh, I think that was five years ago or something. You literally probably were one of the first clients of Free of Business Mentoring. Can't remember when you bought it. Yeah, I think three or four years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then and then you were crushing it. I think you know you back then you got relatively close to twenty k a month and then fifty k a month uh, that you just that you just made uh, with your service providing in terms of the marketing services. And then uh, you came to Kiev to my office back then, and I remember we were we were relaxing there. We were in the jacuzzi. And you were still our client back then. And you were just rambling in the jacuzzi. Yeah, you guys, if I were you, I would do this, I would do that, and then we'd do this. And I'm just like, I kind of want Robin to work with us. <laughs> and then uh, we worked with someone else before, but even there, you still gave us really spot on advice. And then I had to really convince you to work with us over like multiple weeks, because you kept saying no. Uh, and then somehow you changed your mind and you made it happen. And you know, look at us now, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there is like, you know, it it is, what you just said it's getting harder also if you look mm. at customers they're getting burned here and there by yeah. coaching programs by online courses so you actually need to be good and i was like oh man i looked at it i'm like you have a nice foundation but like to really build out something new and to make cold traffic work that was a lot of work and i was pretty busy and that's also kind of one of my things where I, I don't like to take on clients if i'm too busy because it's for me more like a partnership as you have noticed like I literally want to be involved with everything because if I'm not, then something will go wrong, right? Mm. I'm even interested sometimes in customer support because it gives me great marketing ideas or, you know, if your offer doesn't evolve and everybody's doing the same offer, right? You're not, uh, yeah, you're not going to make it. So yep. yeah, that was pretty funny. I, I actually said like, yeah, yeah, start working with that other guy. I will just hang out a little bit and yeah, give yeah. some advice because um, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the right time. But that was also years ago, right? It was at 2021, I think. That was winter 2021 or something like Things that. Like, yeah, Crazy yeah. how time flies. Um, anyways, let's get back to the nerdy stuff. So we kind of touched on it, but the 
to, to give a precise answer, a precise question, how will marketing look like in 2024 for coaching, service providing, selling info products, et cetera? Yeah, so it's kind of a little bit like what you just said, like it's, you actually need to be unique. Mm. Like there's a couple of ways to stand out nowadays, but you need to stand out, right? Mm. Because there is competition. Mm. So if you're just building your little personal brand, making five, 10, 20K a month, that's fine. But if you actually want to reach a big audience and scale, like you're gonna have to convince a lot of people and you need to actually stand out. That means you need to be super charismatic and super cool with organic, or you need to actually figure out a way to deliver your results in such a way that other people are like, oh my God, I've never seen that before. And that will then, of course, translate to all your marketing messaging. Yeah. Um, if we're talking about how to make money online, you see that the <coughs> FTC, that's an organization in the US, uh, is starting to become more strict and strict. Mm. So in some way you need to be more extreme and better, but on the other side, you also want to be more safe because there's yeah. like organizations actually checking whether what you're doing is legal yeah. uh, and all that kind of stuff. So the time of, yeah, just slapping some videos together and having an online course, it's kind of over. Like you see a lot of companies nowadays, like for example, what we did with you, right? At some point we even had templates every month for your clients that they yeah. could use. Mm. And that's a good solution. They're like, oh, I don't have time to write my social media, blah, blah, blah. So we came up with that solution. You know, some companies like photography companies, they have a special app. Um, there's always like another way to make your offer even better. And then people are like, oh, I've tried these five things. And you're like, yeah, it didn't work because you didn't use these templates, right? You never use templates, you're trying to do it yourself. Or, you know, you didn't use an app or it's like, there's a different solution there that makes you actually unique. So that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, yeah, that's the most important thing pretty much yeah so what i've noticed too because you said like you got to find a way to be unique i can basically subdivide that into into roughly three categories on how to be unique and ideally you touch on on all three of them so one that you mentioned is charisma which basically translates into you as the person if you as the person are able to be unique with be it with your content be it with you know your character traits your your quirky character traits anything that you embody as a personal brand um, that's going to be helpful. If you're just like the next guy that looks like everybody else in your niche, you know, with the same damn haircut, the same damn watches. I know, I know. Look who's talking. Yeah. But uh, but I can at least compensate because I'm I'm relatively quirky. I have a, a very interesting brand where I also let my personality shine. Like you hear me talk about Star Wars or metal, um, instead of me just being like this dry guy that just spits out the same stuff that everybody else has talked about. That's one way of being unique. The second way of being unique is, you know, internally we call it the sexiness of your offer. So whatever it is that you're offering, you got to make it sound really sexy. So in our example, if we just say, we help coaches and service providers make six to seven figures, there's a thousand other people out there. So we need to have a specific um, you know, direction that our offer goes into is like, okay, well, the vehicle with which our coaching and service providing uh, clients get to six or seven figures is this and this and this. So it's like we, you as a listener need to be able to translate the end result of your offer via a very sexy sounding vehicle. And if it's not sexy sounding yet, you better change it so it is actually sexy and it gets away from this just vanilla type of, of, of offer. And then the third way to be really um, to really stand out is actually by having really freaking good results. Like you said yourself, the times where you just slap a bunch of videos together and have two live group calls per week with your clients, those are fucking over, okay? Like what we have done since 2019 is we basically have everyday live calls with our clients. Everything we do is one-on-one. -on -one. Even if you just come in as a you know, base level program person where you buy the, the cheapest of our, our tiers, you're still gonna get a one-on-one -on -one coach. Now that hurts us on the front end profitability because we need to hire more people that actually handle one-on-one -on -one support. 
It uh, costs us way more in terms of attention to details, in terms of time that we need to manage these people, that we train these people, and so on and so forth. And quite frankly, time on a personal level to actually invest in each and every one of our clients. But it's a thing that pays off in the long run. People come to us from the exact same offers that someone else has. I don't want to call names here. And they're like, oh my God, it's like day and night. There I just have a couple group calls. I'm being left alone. They close me and then they drop me like a hot potato. But with you guys, I have concierge coaches. I can get replies super fast. I have freaking live calls every day that I can join. Hell, like some like for my one-on-one -on -one clients, I even work on weekends if necessary. I say, hey, if there's some urgent thing, I don't care if it's Christmas or New Year's, I'm here for you. So if you can hit one of these three ways to be unique, you're going to win. If you can hit all three of those ways, the sexiness, the delivery, and the uh, the personality, then you're going to dominate. Yeah, yeah, and especially what you just said, like caring about your clients, like the lifetime value of a client will go up so much. Mm. And the more people that start advertising or the more competitors there are, you know, the more expensive it is to acquire a customer. Like, so if we're talking about acquiring a customer, like what we are doing is like we're running ads on YouTube, uh, Facebook, we did TikTok, and we're buying like Instagram promos, Instagram shout outs. Yeah. So it always costs money to acquire a customer if yeah. you want to actually scale to multiple seven figures, right? There's still some exceptions that are really good at organic, but it's almost impossible nowadays. You need to be like a super savage. Like if you're making like seven, like multiple seven figures a year with organic, that's really impressive. Yeah. And then again, it's super dangerous because if something with the algorithm change, if some guy or girl reports you for yeah. some weird stuff, yeah. like your account gets taken down and you're done. So the cost per acquisition will go up like always, like it's always been in the past. So it's more important to care about your clients and like actually keep them so that you can offset like the rise in cost. Yeah. Um, so even then, if you're not that unique or not that sexy, you can still make it work as long as your backend is really good. So that's, yeah, that's the biggest, uh, that's the biggest thing. You know, one, one of the things that I wanted to, to ask you anyways, I don't know, just on a personal level, re just regarding of this podcast is you're someone that is so obsessed with marketing like in your spare I, I don't know but, but i imagine you in your spare time just freaking watching videos of marketing looking at trends and stuff like that is that something that is just out of interest or is it more out of duty where you're like oh, i have responsibility towards all my clients to so just be on top of that or is it something that you're just personally super hyped about I mean, that's a good question. I think it's a combination of both, right? Like to be good at something, you have to be at least somewhat interested in it. I would not mm. like use the word passionate because we both have our uh, our opinions on that. Mm. So yeah, that's a little bit interest, a little bit passion. Yeah, and also I, I need to do it, right? Because I have seen it multiple <coughs> times where client didn't, clients didn't really implement like innovations mm. and they just lost it. Like mm. after, I've never lost a client that did better after they left. <laughs> and most of the time I was pushing them like, hey, you need to innovate because if not, we're not gonna make it or it's gonna just go down. So it, it's that, but it's also responsibility. But on the other side, it's also kind of automatic because everywhere you look, right, everything is marketing. Like even if you're like, let's say on the bus, like you can look around and see what people are doing. Mm. Are they on Facebook? Are they on TikTok? Are they scrolling? What are they checking? Are they listening to music at the same time, right? Like it's literally everywhere. It's like from the commercials you see on TV or on, in, on billboards to just if you're scrolling on Instagram, like if you're checking your friend's Instagram stories, some ad will show up, yeah. right? Yeah. And you will see an ad, <clears throat> apologies. So it's also kind of something that 24-7 kind of happens to me, especially because I look at it. Um, and then in general, like, right, if you want to improve your life, you have to know how you work yourself, right? You have to know how others work. So just self-improvement helps with marketing. Mm. Just in mm. general, like how to make more money and have a good life. You kind of learn about the economy, like about all these things happening. So for me, it's like just the one 
it's like one thing that's just kind of like multiple facets together that I have to work on anyways, both from interest and from duty and from, you know, other like purposes. Yeah. So is that how you stay on top of new trends with marketing and, uh, you know, social media and sales? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I have multiple things, right? So I just kind of do it daily all the time automatically. What do you do a day? Like just explain it to like a Labrador. How <laughs> I mean, so the daily thing and there's not much explaining to do is I just watch. Mm. I just look around, right? Mm. I'm like, I am, you know, that that fifteen to thirty minutes on Instagram. I, I look at the ads. Mm. I have some profiles that I follow that are doing well. Um, I just look around. Like I just live my life. Mm. And instead of just like looking at it, I think about it. It's like, okay, what is this doing? How does yeah. this influence me? And then I also have a conscious way of doing that, and that is like every week or every month. For example, like for you, I have a list of competitors. I check out the competitors. I have some spy tools. So I'm always looking like who is spending the most money on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. Yeah. And I'm looking at what they're doing. Even like, for example, about e-commerce. I don't run ads for e-commerce, but I can still learn from the top ads in yeah. e-commerce. So that's something I do every week and every month to make sure that I don't miss a new trend. Yeah. And of course, you have all these like little coaching programs or like memberships that update you with the best viral TikTok videos in the last 30 days. Then I also pay for that just to scan those. Yeah. Yeah. That's also, also something really awesome that I've kind of learned from working with you now over the years. And, and that's just this idea of like being a perpetual learner. Like I haven't been active in, in as many mentorings that I pay for ever as I am right now when working with you. And you constantly find these random freaking, you're like, this is a good program, like go check it out because it will teach us this and this. And it's just these like micro slivers that we're piecing together. Like, oh, this is a great program about social media. This is a great program about podcasts and so on and so forth. So there's so much going on behind the scenes that you need to realize. And from a standpoint of of a brand owner like mine, I, I want to break it down real quick because the bigger you get with the people that you teach, with your following, with your brand, the harder it will be for you to remain in this frame of the learner because you're the teacher. Like all of a sudden, you're not just some guy who built something from scratch, you know, chilling in your in your boxer shorts in your basement. Now all of a sudden you have a brand, you got tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers and or clients and you, your ego kind of kicks in and you're like, I am the guy who teaches. So it's really easy to fall into this frame of like, well, let me be the humble guy who signs up as a client for another program of someone that does even better at you or either in total because they're making more money and they have a bigger company or with a you know sub part of something that is important for your business. Um, and, and that is something that I had to learn actually over the last couple of years because before that, I also fell into that ego trap of like, I have arrived. I am the good guy. I know everything. I don't need to learn. Um, and then I saw you just continuously going to masterminds and being humble here and just continue. I mean, I remember you... We've had months where we just talk to each other every day and the, the conversations on WhatsApp where I was like, we suck. <laughs> we suck at this. We suck at that. We got to learn this. And that really helped me because it, it put me, it put my feet back on the ground. And that put me into this kind of level of humility where I was actually able to open my, my mind and my soul, so to speak, to learn more and get better. And then the cool thing about that is, I mean, I posted a lot about this on Twitter too. Um, basically, everything I teach is just stuff that I learned then extrapolated it into my context, into my niche, and just passed it on. And that's how ideas evolve. And that's how you get better with your business. That's how you make more fucking money too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's really easy, right? Because I know guys who are spending 100K per day on ads. 
So as long as we are not spending 100k per day on ads, I'm like, we suck. <laughs> you know, like uh, this is a bit extreme, of course. Love but it, though. So I always compare myself with those people. And even yeah. then, I'm always thinking like there's some billionaire out there that is doing way crazier stuff than us. So mm. until I'm at that level, I think I probably have a lot to learn from a lot of people. Yeah. And the second thing is also you always have trends, right? Like you you noticed that really early with TikTok uh, and Instagram Reels. Yeah. Like that was really a thing. I mean, now almost everybody's doing it, uh, I guess also because of Alex Ramosi and you yeah. who are talking <laughs> about it. But like if you spot that trend early, there's like guys that literally make three to five million because they just luckily, mm. I mean, I don't like the word luck, but you get what I'm saying. At the right time at the right spot. And they catch that trend and they yep. make a bunch of money. So I'm like always looking for the next trend. And that sounds maybe a little bit counterintuitive. You're like, oh, it's a shiny object. It's exactly. like, no, no. It's like you have this foundation. And if you just add that one ingredient, boom, you might make an extra two, three million. Mm -hmm. I had a, a client who did some stuff with NFTs, like online course about how to sell and buy them. And he literally made like two, three million in six or nine months or something mm. so he just used all his skills used that trend so there's always a new trend coming right and mm. i, I want to use that one so e even if you know everything there's still some random ass genius dude who figures out a new thing and then i want to be one of the first to implement it so that we can also ride that wave right so that's actually a really important thing that i wanted to emphasize here on this episode with you because when we talk about perpetual learning, sign up for mentorings, keep learning, plus also be aware of trends, it's super easy to fall under shiny object syndrome. I've had this too many times. And it's funny because I also posted about that in recently quite a lot on Twitter. It, it's this idea of find a business partner that completes you and vice versa. So I feel like for me, I'm a lot, a lot this guy that is like, has like new ideas and I'm like super optimistic. Oh, let's do this. It's going to be so good. And then you're the, uh, you're, you come in with a healthy amount of cynicism where you then say, hey, this is not going to work. And, you know, I would say like one out of 20 of my ideas we actually implement, which is good because if I didn't have that counter pole, we wouldn't, we would just innovate the wrong stuff. And we would just constantly chase new things. But then on the other hand, if we, if you wouldn't have that counter pole in me, we, we might be too conservative. So it's a very important thing to that you're kind of this word of cynicism and I have these crazy, mostly dumb ideas, but some of them work. Um, how do you, in your brain, consolidate reinventing and adding new ideas with not being, not going overboard with too much shiny object syndrome? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is time, right? Like if you don't have the time to implement it mm. and you're like, oh, I'm just going to do this, then you know, it's not going to work. So I, I think I'm a little bit more realistic with like how much time will this actually take? Mm. I'm like, I'm thinking out the steps. I'm like, oh, we have to do this, 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 and this. We cannot do this ourselves. So we need to hire or we need to have one of our employees do this, this, and this. And then I'm like, okay, time-wise, it's not going to work, right? So, and that's also fi a finance question, I guess. Sometimes you just have a bunch of money and you can outsource it. Sometimes mm. you can't. But the other thing there is like, and that's why I look so much at trends because it's not specific like finding a trend is one thing the trend also has to fit your fit your business and your personality and the stage that you're in with your business so that's kind of where i have the advantage of like working i don't know how many clients i worked with but mm. i have generated a lot of uh, a lot of dollars for my clients so i have seen a lot of things work and not work so i kind of it kind of clicks it's kind of like an intuition where mm. i'm like hmm this doesn't make sense or oh let me first figure out if this is correct on this form or like let's test it in a smaller way to see if this will actually work so that's kind of like it's always about the nuance right like you sell hey how to become a coach someone else sells how to become a closer someone else sells how to start your own agency 
like the same principles or trends might have different effect in different niches. And especially if you compare it to weight loss, if you're looking at weight loss and you want to, you know, use a trend there, like you have to be really careful that it actually makes sense your niche. So for me, it's all about context. It's just, and then I also, I look at other businesses. Like you see someone crushing, like, oh, he's crushing it because he does, let's say, Instagram shout outs, mm. right? And then I start digging deeper. I'm like, holy shit, they have like a crazy sales team. They have this and this and this. Before that, they had a big YouTube channel. Oh, they have a crazy email list. And then you kind of find some puzzle piece and you're like, hmm, okay, it's only 30% of the success, mm -hmm. right? And they're like, okay, we can still do it, but we should not expect like these kind of results with this trend. And then you're like, hmm, okay, maybe it's not worth the time and money. Yeah, that looking at the nuances is not only important when you want to see who you want to adapt, but also in your case, who you want to work with. And I yes. remember when we started with you back then as a client, uh, at first, of course, you know, you just want to get your feet wet. You want to get good at the testimonials. You want to get good references. And then at some point I noticed, I literally noticed that in your demeanor and also in your output, you started letting go of certain clients and really only focusing on, I don't know, the top 10% that you were working with. Yeah. How, what, like, what are some criterias that you're looking for when it comes to clients that you want to work with versus clients you don't want to work with? And I think this is going to be super valuable for anybody listening that it might also be doing service providing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not only about service providing. It's just about the simple question, like how much is this going to like make me in the short term, right? In the upcoming one, two, three, six months, how much is it going to make me in one year from now, three years from now? And how much does it cost me, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're spending 50% of your time on a client that is, you know, only making you 1K a month and the others are making you 10K a month, like there's a, dis a balance, it's not a, there's no balance there. Yeah. So that's actually what I look at. It's like, okay, like I'm even fine with like, you know, waiting a little bit until a client is at a certain point. Um, so I know like if they reach that point, I'm really sure that I can scale them up. So mm. it's really about like, okay, what will I make in the short term? What will it cost me in the short term? And what can I make in the long term? So for me specifically, right, I want people to do at least 100K a month. Uh, I want preferably a sales team that can handle more than 100K a month so that I can easily scale them to 300 to 500K. Mm. I mean, going from 500K to a million is a little bit different because you have to double your sales staff. So yeah. that's a little bit more complicated. But I just look for those things and it's really it's really about like, it's mad. It's like the same as I do with you where I'm just calculating like, okay, if you spend this much on ads with this average cost per call, with this closing rate, how much would we make on Facebook, on YouTube, right? Because the numbers are different for every platform. Mm. So for me, it's just doing the math. It's like, okay, how much can I actually make here? Or of course, sometimes you take on a client with a maybe even a little bit less good deal because I know, oh my God, I can scale these guys up and it will be a great testimonial, but it's becoming, you know, rarer and rarer. Yeah, the 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 famous get your foot in the door offer where yes. you undersell yourself at first just get a foot in the door. Um, you know, it's funny because you mentioned multiple problems that you can run into, and I want to go deep on that specifically. You know, as much as we can share publicly with the last year, the problems that we ran into, and there's been plenty. And even though we've had a lot of problems and we at sometimes it really just felt like we were just keep eating dirt no matter what, we still made more money last year than the year before that. It didn't feel like it because we were super unlucky sometimes too. But, you know, looking back, what were like the biggest problems that we encountered, the biggest unlucky situations that we had to overcome over the last year? I mean, I think I don't want to make it like, 
only about you i think i can say mm. it like i can generalize it the biggest issue that i have why i can scale as fast sometimes is pretty much sales teams mm. right yeah because nowadays it's not as easy anymore to just close people on the phone um so like the level that a sales like this level the skill level of a salesperson needs to be higher than it was before yeah and it's harder to find those guys right yeah. it's like the same as like all the big corporate companies they're trying to steal each other's employees <laughs> yep. the same thing is starting to happen in this industry with salespeople. yeah right the good ones they like even if they are making let's say 10 20k a month they're already putting feelers out i literally had that conversation with another client yesterday it's like oh yeah we have these big guys doing eight figures and his sales his top sales guy his number one sales guy reached out because there were some <laughs> issues with funding and blah 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 so it's not making as much money so the biggest issue i, I guess is sales uh sales people like finding the right ones hiring them training them also making sure that everything stays all right because some of them start making 10k a month and then sometimes it's personal issues sometimes it's you know just them getting in an ego and then they stop selecting a little bit um or they look really good when they get started yeah uh, and and just like the time to check that like a sales manager's job I'm, i would not be able to do it it's so crazy like uh, you you <laughs> went crazy with like checking sales calls yeah, and all that yeah. stuff it takes a lot of time so not every business owner has the time or has the skill to actually check the calls or, or they are willing to do it fair as well yeah so i think like the sales team stuff that is super important nowadays yeah. and only becomes more important because people are used to getting sold and they don't want the same bad experience as before so i think that was one of the biggest issues mm-hmm. um Let, sales let's, team. Yeah. let's stick with that real quick so because from my perspective because i spent I would say the majority of 2023 just managing, training, hiring sales staff um, just out of necessity because we needed them because we were getting more and more leads. Marketing was starting to push really hard and we're like, okay, we need to find really good sales staff. So a couple thoughts here from my side is number one, I went really hardcore in managing the sales team and we have a lot of advanced clients that are making uh, you know close to six figures a month now. Some of them are over the six figures a month mark already and I see it with them. There's so much resistance with sales. Because they come in as a coach, right? Maybe they do the sales themselves in the beginning, but then they delegated, they got a closer and they're like, okay, I'm, I'm happy now. All I got to do is create content, be, maybe be there for my clients. And then you reach a certain threshold where you're like, okay, now you have two, three closers. You need to start quality control. You need to have end of day reports. You need to have daily meetings. And there's a lot of resistance of the business owner. Of like, why? What? Why? Like, oh my God, this is so much work. I don't want to do this. I want to have my freedom, la-di-da. And when I, when I did the... When I went crazy with the sales team, I mean, my AirPods were my best friend because at every single second that I had free, I had AirPods in and I was listening to a sales call on double the speed to do quality control of my sales. And it was also crazy because every single day I would see small mistakes. And every single time I would iron these small mistakes out, we would then close someone because we ironed that mistake out. So I was almost caught in that loop of like, it kind of sucked that I had to, I mean, I was literally freaking in a cab on the way to the airport listening to a sales call. I would download sales calls to listen to them in an airplane. I would freaking have dinner alone. I would eat my chicken and I would listen to a freaking sales call. Yeah. But then at the same time, we would always make money from it. So I was almost like caught in this loop of like, well, I really kind of don't want to listen to a freaking sales call again, but also it really kind of makes sense because we're making money from that. So that was really difficult, um, but it was necessary. And I'm happy that I did it because now also I have the know-how when I hire someone to do only quality control, I can I know how they need to do to do their job properly. 
And then on top of that, what you said yourself is like, you need to be better and better and better as a sales rep to close nowadays. And the problem I see here is that the market for high ticket closers has pivoted to oh, yeah. exactly what we talked about before. It's like when back in the days, the first offer of become a high ticket closer was super simple. It was just, hey, develop the skill. When you get good at it, you can make 10K a month in commission. It's great. But then, of course, there's competitors who did the same offer and the same offer, and everybody wanted to sound sexier than the guy before. And all of a sudden, the to the become a high ticket closer offer was literally just like all you gotta do is sit there and you get warm inbound leads that are ready to buy from you, and you just need to sit there and make them an offer. And then there's gonna be five objections, and this is how to handle them, and then you're good to go. So now that, of course, attracts a slew of people that just want to do that. They expect high ticket closing to be just sitting in front of Zoom and just closing people that come in super warm. But then these high ticket closers get confronted with the reality of like, listen, you're not going to close everyone on the first call. You need to build relationships. You need to build a freaking pipeline. You need to have really good management systems. You need to follow up. You need to handle objections. You're going to have the dumbest objections ever. You, you're going to have situations where you handle every single objection and the person is still not going to buy. It's going to be frustrating. There's going to be people on the call saying they will buy 100% tomorrow. They will swear by their mom's grave and then they ghost you forever. And it's you're going to eat shit as a high ticket closer non-freaking stop so if you come in because you've been sold by a high ticket sales call sales closer guru guy that it's so easy and everybody's going to come in and just going to push the money into your face and now you face reality you're going to have a really really hard time overcoming that and that is then to now go full circle for people like us that have a company that need high ticket closers it's going to be really tough to find the ones that are actually in it for the long run not the ones who just want to have warm inbound leads. We call them the diva closers. So there's a, I would almost argue there is a surplus of high ticket closers, but there is a very, very low um, amount of really good closers that you can get. And that's difficult. And that is why you need to do, I mean, we'll talk about this later a little bit in, 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 in deep, in more depth. You need to do uh, constant hiring. You need to have a hiring funnel. You need to always be talking to people because if you don't hire less than 1% of the people that you talk to, you're bound to hire bullshit diva closers who are going to make it maybe possible for you to make a couple extra thousand a month, but impossible for you to scale to multiple seven, if not even eight figures a year. Yeah, hundred percent. And like the 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 key to scaling, if you're at like hundred k a month, is pretty much getting another closer. I mean, yeah. a closer can close hundred to two hundred k. I mean, if you have a really high end offer, a little bit more. I mean, a lot more. But so assuming like we're talking to clients that have a coaching business, they can close hundred to two hundred k. So you just need one or two more, and then you're there. And then what you just said, like if they suck, they're gonna eat shit for three, six, nine months before they actually get some closing yeah. and make it work. Then there are stop closures like you know which we all started hiring who like start crushing it from the start so yeah, yeah i mean this is uh one of the bigger challenges right now i see a lot of people mm -hmm. trying to solve the problem but mm -hmm. nobody solved it in such a way that i would recommend them at least also because uh, you can't you can't half-ass your way through that that's what i noticed too it's like if you as a as a business owner you know you're sitting with your robin equivalent somewhere and that cmo or or, or whatever tells you hey listen uh, you need to have really good closers and you're just like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, invest three, four weeks into hiring some closers and then it's done. It's not going to happen. You cannot half-ass this. You need to commit for multiple months and, you know, freaking listen to sales calls while cooking, <laughs> yeah, while showering. I mean, you told me before, it's like a, fr a friend of ours is using freaking 
waterproof headphones so they can learn under the shower. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, yeah. if you don't do that, it's not going to work. Yeah, I mean, or, or like, if you get really lucky, your first closure is really good and yeah. you can be a really good sales manager. Really lucky, though. But yeah, some, somebody needs to teach them, right? And you're already going to pay a bunch of money to let someone else do it. Yeah. And then if they suck, it's not going to work and you're going to spend a bunch of money on ads or you're mm -hmm. going to lose a bunch of money because they're not closing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or you have to do it yourself. Uh, so that depends a little bit on where you are in your business. Some people get lucky with the closure they have and that one becomes a sales manager. And yeah, for most people, that means you have to at least be okay with doing it yourself. Exactly. If you get lucky and you don't have to do it, good for you. Good for I'm you. I'm jealous. <laughs> I love you forever and I hate you also. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's crazy. Like every eight-figure business owner I talk to, and I ask them, how, wh what percentage of people do you hire that you talk to? They all say 1%. 0.5 to 1% of the people that apply that they talk to, they hire. That means you need to talk to 100 people to find one good one. And then we get people coming to us and I ask them, how many people did you interview before you hired the sales guy? Oh, you know, five. Yeah, it's not enough. Yeah. So that so that means you you hire twenty percent of the people you talk to, which is way too much. Now, again, you might hear this now and you say, "Well, I don't have time to do this many interviews." And sure, like you don't you don't have to you know if you find someone good, but that's the sixth person you talk to, don't not hire them just because you want to talk to ninety four more people. But in general, that's a number you should ideally strive for. And the thing is, it might cost you way more time in the beginning on the front end to find interview and hire a person. But if you don't do that, it costs you actually even more time. Because if you just keep hiring B players, hoping that you go lucky with someone and you just keep having to fire, rehire, retrain someone, that's actually going to cost you way more time, energy, and money, like you said, with ad spend than when you're slower with your hiring. Yes, yes. So, yeah, it's tough. But, you know, at the same time, because people are hating us so much probably for this episode, they're like, I thought it's going to be easy. No, it's not. Okay, you're going to eat a lot of dirt. Um, but the thing is, it's kind of good because the good easy times, the sunshine weather closing is over, which means competition is going to become less. And if you're amongst the psychos that just sticks to it and just keeps going even when things go down, you're going to win. And I see this so many times, you mentioned it before, where someone gets lucky with a super hyper sexy offer with something super trendy where you're just going to make a million or two in a couple months. You can get lucky with that, but I see so many people who do, and then they start hitting a ceiling or they start hitting the first down phase, and they just give up and start something new. And now what you're doing is instead of opening your mind, your heart for this awesome lesson, and you're using that awesome lesson to overcome your own shortcomings and get better at something, you now just quit and start something new without actually facing that lesson, which means also you're not going to get that growth with you. So we've been eating shit for many years and we've been through so much BS and I've had all the right in the world to just quit and start something new. But if I had done it, maybe I would have had more money in the short term from that new project. But then at the same time, I wouldn't be the entrepreneur that I am today. I wouldn't know about hiring, training, ramping up sales staff. I wouldn't know about marketing. I wouldn't know about organic growth. I wouldn't know about making your offer really sexy. I would in fact be worse as a coach because I wouldn't have gone through all the problems that most coaches have. So I'm actually happy that I did. And in the long form, in the long run, the EV, the expected value is way higher than if I had just quit when things are difficult. And this episode is sponsored by 
Nothing. My own company. We're making multiple seven figures. We're on the way to eight figures. I don't need no sponsor. But what I will ask you for is to leave a quick five-star rating because it helps me reach more people, help more people. And if you found this podcast episode valuable so far, which I'm assuming, please go ahead and just give that five-star rating. If you can, leave a comment too. Let's crack back into the episode. Let's go crush. Yeah, and just to give a disclaimer there also for the people that are doing marketing or are struggling with their marketing, like sales and marketing are really connected. Yeah. I had an example with a client where I literally built everything from scratch. I was like, oh, this is the sexiest offer. I'm not going to reveal it, but it had something to do with AI. So I built the whole funnel, did everything myself, which I don't do a lot. I just do it if I see a lot of potential. I built everything myself. We hire a sales agency. Shit's the bad. It's not working. I'm not going <laughs> to say any names. Then we hire some other closure. Again, he closed all the people that are already warm, no cold traffic. Then actually the brother of that guy, he was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And he worked in that company. Mm. Out of nowhere, December, I think we did 150K cash collected on like almost zero ad spend. Wow. Started closing a bunch of people. Nice. Closing rate, super good. So sometimes you're like, oh my God, my marketing is not working. And that's the nasty part about sales and marketing. It's like, sometimes like, is the sales not working or is the marketing not ha. working? And so even if your closers are not closing, like, you really have to go in there and listen to the calls yep. to make sure like, yep. hey, is this a quality problem from the marketing perspective or are there other, are there any other issues? So that's why I'm saying like, you need a sales manager or yourself. Yeah. Even if it's not to train the closer, but you need to kind of double check your marketing with sales. And that is again, like if you want to grow to multiple seven figures or eight figures, you're going to probably spend money on ads or Instagram shout outs. The quality is going to be, you know, the same, but it's going to be colder people who don't buy immediately. And then, you know, you're like trying to fix your funnel <laughs> five times. Well, it was just your sales, you know, it's, yeah. so that makes it a little bit more complicated. So, yeah, I and think that's it. We, we see that with everyone, too, when we when they're like, yeah, I don't know, our funnel doesn't work, our ads don't work. And we say, how are your closers doing? Oh, they're great. Oh, yeah. Totally players. And I said, I was one of those guys. Remember when yeah. you're, you're like, you're like, you're not going to like me saying this, Max, but maybe we'll have a sales issue. And I'm like, nah. A player closers, every single one of them, they're crushing it. And then I started listening to sales calls, and the sales call would literally go like this. I'm going to reveal a, an example. The, the sales call was literally cold traffic person, had the money, had everything. And uh, my A player closer back then, who is not with the company anymore for many years, but he said just like, yeah, you know, here's the pitch, blah, 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 let's do it. And the person just said, ah, I got to think about it. And I literally heard my A-player closer say, okay, no problem. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye. And I'm like, that's the A-player. Like, and I didn't even have as much sales experience as that A-player closer. And that is where I realized, okay, we are not as good. And, yeah. and it hurts because you think you got A-player closers because you just let them do it. And you just, of course, winner's bias. You just hear from them when they're crushing it. But uh, you, there's just no way around either listening to the sales calls yourself or you have someone who does it. It might be a rude awakening, but it's going to be a necessary evil. Yeah, funny story there. Like, So how you kind of started figuring it out was because I was like, okay, we have a sales problem. And you're like, no, we don't have a sales problem. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, give me access to all the recordings yeah. and the CRM system. So what I just started doing consistently, I'm like, like listening to a couple of calls. At one day, I just collected like five of them, like Max, do you have time? We need to jump on a call right now. <laughs> and I'm like playing the call on loud. I'm like, Max, do you like what he just said here? Did you even understand his name? <laughs> no, did, did I just hear him mispronounce the prospect's name? Yeah. <laughs> and there were a bunch of stuff like that. And then with the bigger deals, it took a little bit more time. I'm like following up in the CRM system and I see like a note. I will follow up with this person at this date. 
and I look at that date and I'm like, oh, it's Nothing not follow up. Yeah. I send it to Mexican. I'm like, hey, maybe ask them. Like, so I didn't want to get too involved because I'm not the sales manager. Yeah. So that was kind of on Max and I respect him for doing that. <laughs> so I'm just sending him all the shit. And then he was like, okay. And I was just every month, every month I found something new. Yeah. But that's also how you grow and improve. So that was, uh, yeah, it was a little bit embarrassing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a, it's a good point that you bring that up because, you know, I... I I, as a business owner, I thought I was the shit and I'm like, I'm too good to check all that and I'm making money, da da da. And I had a choice and I re remember that inner dialogue I had. I had the choice of either saying, you know, fuck you, Robin, you with your cynicism, you know, we work with someone else. Um, so I just maintain my ego or I go down the uncomfortable route, which is going to make me more money. So even with someone listening or watching to this right now, there's always a choice to be made between feel good and tell yourself that you're better than you are or feel like shit but make more money. So for me, I just had this mantra in my head, as long as it makes us more money, which then allows us to serve more people, I'm going to do that. I don't care if I feel bad. I don't care if I feel less cool or maybe I can brag less to my freaking friends. As long as it makes more money and helps us reach more people, I'm going to do that. And that's, in essence, the mindfuckery, so to speak, that you as a business owner have to put yourself under, especially if you want to scale the multiple seven and then eight figures. And that mindfuckery continues with me. I mean, we, you and I have freaking uncomfortable, I mean, maybe not uncomfortable for you, but sure as hell uncomfortable for me, uncomfortable discussions multiple times per week. And you know this because we've worked for, together for a long time, but like, these ruin my day like and i'm <laughs> and at this point i'm expecting it i'm like okay so we got the call with robin later i'm in a really good mood but i'm totally willing to have my mood be destroyed for the rest of the day because ultimately the expected value long term is going to be plus and that's all you just want to know because it's not just my responsibility for making more money for my family for my future for my kids but it's also the responsibility that i have to my clients to my team to the families of my team that we're feeding to the families of my clients that we're feeding and so on and so forth so is it okay if I feel a little bit bad, but then everybody profits from it? Hell yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's a saying that I use. I don't think I use it too often on you, but I always tell my clients, I will make you succeed or I'll make you quit. <laughs> like, because if, if there's a problem, that's just like also for everybody listening, like if there's a problem, whether it's in your life or in your business, there's always a reason. Yeah. The question yeah. is just, are you going to put in the time and effort to figure out what the reason is? And also maybe the reason is super shit and you want to quit your business or you want to break up with your girlfriend or you, you know, you want that's that's all fine. But most people they're like, oh, it's not working. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. Oh, I fired a media buyer. I got a new media buyer. Oh, same issue happens there. Oh, maybe I, I fired a salesperson. I hire a new salesperson. Same issue there. Like you need to go like really deep and figure out what's the reason. Mm. And then I'm telling you, right. And that's if I'm looking for a perfect client. I'm looking for someone who, if I tell them, if I show them the facts, I'm like, hey, listen, I listened to 50 sales calls, 25% of them, I, I saw this, this, and this, and I asked them, do you think that's a good thing? And they say like, no, it's not a good thing. Yeah. Then I'm like, hey, okay, are you going to do something about it? And then they say yes, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because at least then I know like after we go to the initial phase of uh, improving things, things will take off and you're pretty much going to be successful for at least five to 10 years because if you Amen. just keep doing the same stuff, always like, okay, what's the problem? Yeah, same like sometimes you ride a wave we hit uh, the andrew tate wave six months we yeah. had some ads that were based on a little bit like escape the matrix andrew tate then you started it started dipping a little bit but guess what we already had a new ad exactly with a new angle yeah and that's 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 just business 
like you have to stay in business and you do that by keep going and like uh. exactly and an easy way i love that you said that with like i either make you uh, succeed or i make you give up like here's here's how i do it for myself here's how I, here's how i ensure that i never give up is i tell myself the only way i have permission to give up is when i figure out the problem that makes it not work there's a lot of people like you said they rather just give up instead of going the hard way and figuring out the problem so i always leave myself that 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 way out to say you can quit but you need to first figure out what the problem is and then you have my permission to quit and the cool thing is at the time where you figure out the problem you don't want to quit anymore because you're like ha, i kind of just want to fix the problem because then we can keep going and actually get better and that's really the, the the mind trick that you have to bestow on yourself figure out first what it is that makes you want to quit and then you have permission to quit but then you won't want to anymore you just fix it and that's exactly where you level up. That's where you get that ping next level. You get a skill point that you can spend on your skill tree. And you can, you know, expect, like have some status points that you can put on like 10 plus intelligence. There's a little Diablo 2 reference here for the nerds. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, um, we've prepared this these, these kind of like five ways for hyper growth that are basically the necessity to becoming the number one in your market and beat your competition. And those are also kind of like the five points that we've been hitting. Yeah. I want to go through these with you. Yeah. So, and this is, again, we want to be careful here with shiny object syndrome, because if we tell you these five points, you can't just tackle all of them together. It's something that you need to crack. You need to crack the code on one after the other. And then of course you need to either manage each and every one of these points yourself to maintain it. So they don't go down shit. Um, or you hire someone that basically then becomes the manager for one of these five, you know, waypoints that you need to hit for hyper growth. Yeah. The one that we implemented first for us, which one was that in your opinion? Because we kind of mess around with multiple, but which one was the first one that really started working for us? Um, so that I mean, at some point that was the Facebook group. We yeah. started with Facebook ads and, I the, remember. and, uh, and the Facebook group. But because you're really good at video, that kind of transitioned into YouTube. Yeah. I think also some context here, like if you're making 100K a month, you can probably easily scale to two, 300K a month with that one yeah. way of scaling. Yeah. And you don't need to do all this stuff. For us, that was of course different because you already had a big company with a bunch of closures and a bunch of employees. So for us, that was pretty much running ads, but to go over those five one by one, like ideally when you get started, you start with like some kind of organic stuff, right? Yeah. Assuming that like, if you have a lot of money, then of course you can all start with ads. But most people you start with organic, right? Like we kind of say like, anybody can make seven figures a year with organic. Yeah. And so, the reason why we start with organic is because number one, it's for free. And number two, it's a great testing ground for you to test ideas that work the best in your audience. And then you can then throw money on it and turn it into a paid advertising. Exactly, exactly. Because what's nice about organic is like, at some point you kind of have something that works, right? You could be LinkedIn, could be Instagram, mm -hmm. could be YouTube, could be TikTok, could be whatever, like a uh, medium. So when you have that, also the next step, like let's say you get to 100K a month, okay, what are you gonna pick next? That really depends on what you're doing. Like if you are really good with organic on Instagram, right? And you have like a broad market, you might go for Instagram shout outs, right? So you start reaching out to other pages. Yeah. We have clients doing that in the dating niche and yeah. in multiple niches, you reach out to other pages and like, Hey, can you, can I pay you to promote my page? That's one option. Um, that's that's if one of the ways. So ka -ching. that's, that's, that's number two, oh, number two. Yeah. Organic number one. 
paid Instagram shoutouts number two. Yeah, so Instagram shoutouts could be something. If you have a little bit more specific niche or if you just want to do both or if you're kind of a little bit more technical, you can also start running Facebook and Instagram ads, right? Because you have proven that the Instagram platform works for you. Yeah. So you can start running those. Now, before we go to, so that would be uh, number two, three, that's Facebook and Instagram ads. Yeah. Before we go uh, there to the fourth one, there's also another thing here. It's like by now you kind of figured out how to sell your offer. Yeah. Like for some people that's like, you know, DMing people, for some people they figure out like, let's say uh, with organic, like how to get people to book a call. Mm. So then you also kind of have your funnel there. It's like, hey, do I work really well with DMs? Do I work really well with people just booking a call? Or like, do I have some kind of ebook or do I call people after they, you know, give me their phone number? There's a bunch of ways to do that too much to go into uh, today. But so then you also kind of have a funnel and that makes it also easier to pick the next step. So anyways, uh, number three would be Instagram and uh, Facebook ads. Then I would say number four right now is YouTube ads. Yeah. Uh, again, like this is a little bit depending on your niche, but if you are really good on YouTube, guess what? You're probably going to do well with YouTube ads. <laughs> you understand the platform, right? So then YouTube ads is the, the fourth one. And to be honest, that's all you need to get to a million a month. Uh, and then the fifth one is kind of like a bonus. Like if you're really good at TikTok, if you're going viral on TikTok, yeah. TikTok is a great opportunity, although the policy is pretty tricky. So you cannot make too many claims to make money or like even with weight loss. So I put it in there as the fifth TikTok because it's a great opportunity. Uh, the scale is a little bit less and it's a little bit more tricky. But again, if you are going viral on TikTok and you're kind of like, hmm, my stuff works on TikTok, then that by, might be the go-to before you go to Facebook uh, or YouTube mm, ads. Mm. So these are kind of like the five things that I've used. For now, we are not even running TikTok ads, yeah. and I'm pretty sure we can get to two, three million a month, and it's the same for other clients that without TikTok, but it could be a great opportunity if you are um, yeah, seeing results organically. What kind of offers have you seen that work uh, well with TikTok, just out of curiosity? I mean, to be honest, all of them. Hmm. Uh, it's just that at least all the make money online offers kind of got banned. So at <laughs> some point, I had so many issues, like, for example, a trading bot or, like, other trading uh, courses. I mean, we run yours a little bit, but we had to be super careful. We didn't get banned there yet, hmm. but hmm. for us, it was not uh, the best. Shout out to the TikTok fellas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and of course, you have, like, how to start your own agency, how, even how to become a remote closer. I'm running some ads. Um, so those offers work, and then, all the other stuff like weight loss, relationship, that also all works. Uh, but I, I don't run them that often. And most of the time you can scale on Facebook and YouTube. So then I do that first. There, there's one, one of the things that I wanted to mention here as well. And that is kind of like a word of caution when you're hitting that pivotal moment where you're transitioning from organic to paid. And that was something that was really tough on us sales team wise but also in terms of uh, organic content creation. We're going to go super deep on organic content creation in a minute here as well. But it's so crucial to get that transition right if you're used to organic because a lot of things are very easy when you're doing organic warm leads. These people book a call. They jump on a call with your closer and your closer just makes two or three mistakes which are forgivable for someone that knows you that comes from organic but there are absolutely deadly sins with a cold traffic um, lead. You said that example earlier was like the, the closer just mispronounced the name of a cold traffic person. That's enough for someone that just seen an ad yesterday for you to for, for them to not buy from you, for them to ghost you forever and never become your client. Whereas if you have someone who's been following you for two, three, four, five, six months and they're a fan of you, you mispronounce their name, they don't care they're going to buy anyways. And that is something where we see a lot of people come to us and they're like, 
yeah, I got a YouTube channel with 50,000 subscribers and, and it's working well. I want to scale. And then I look at it and I'm like, hey, we should start running ads just on the side just to get used to it. And then they're like, oh, we've tried ads, but it doesn't work. And that's exactly that issue. If you have a sales team that is used to have warm leads that just, you know, here's my, do you know, like the, the fry meme, take my money, shut up and take my money. Like if you have these leads and then you get a cold traffic person who doesn't know you, who has suspicions, who might've gotten burnt by a similar offer before, who just doesn't know you as well, you're going to eat a lot of shit and you're not going to be able to close. And then, like you said earlier, you're going to have this whole debate of like, oh, the marketing for the ads is not working. Oh, we only get bad leads. Then your sales team gets disillusioned because, of course, your sales team rather thinks that they're the shit and it's it's the fault of the ads instead of saying, hey, maybe I never really learned closing in the first place and I kind of have to relearn the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, already, like, if you look at the show up rate, like, generally <laughs> speaking, the show up rate is lower. Yeah. If you're running ads. Yeah. And, yeah, if they didn't watch 20 YouTube videos yet, they did not decide on you as a person. They did not decide on even your offer. They did not even decide whether they want to do it now. While yeah. people are just watching your videos month after month, it's like at some point they have heard your offer like 20 times. So it's like, hmm, okay, now I have a holiday. Yeah, it's the right time to get started, right? Yeah. But all those things are not in place yet when they watch that. I mean, you try to kind of artificially create that mm. in your video mm. or in your marketing. But uh, yeah, like it's 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 a totally different game, yeah. Yeah, and uh, again here, <laughs> it's not gonna be easy. Have you ever seen someone transition super easily from organic to paid? I don't think so, no. I'm just thinking out loud, but. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I, I would almost be mad if you're like, yeah, yeah, I, we've had this guy, he just crushed. Uh, okay, so that's good to know. So yeah. if, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, we've tried ads before and it didn't work, well, welcome to the club. Okay, you just gotta grind it out. You just gotta, you know, listen to the sales calls under the shower, and then you'll make it work. Um, you can make it work. You just gotta know how, and you either figure it out yourself. It's gonna take you up to two years, uh, or you have someone who helps you with that, who just looks at it, uh, and then it's still gonna be hard work. But at least it doesn't take you two years. Yeah, I think also what's mentally hard for most people is let's say you're making 100k a month organic, right? from organic you're paying your sales guy 10 percent. maybe you have some other costs like you're making let's say 60 to 80k and now you know you start working with me for example i'm like yeah we're gonna spend 10 to 30k per month on ads even if you have like a row of two or three right you're making that extra 30 to 50 to 60k that's not that much compared to what you made before if you yeah. look at the profit margin yeah, the margins alone and so especially if you let's start you, you start with 10k a month uh, ad spent you make 30k in your first month it's like oh man it's like 10k to the to the ads and then i still need to give away 3k to the closers yeah. and it's a lot of stress because i'm spending oh yeah. my god 10k yeah. a month on ads and you only made 30k right for a lot of extra work so it feels like the work you're putting in is not really paying off mm. because what you don't see yet is like oh if i can do that times five or times ten and i don't have to do any extra work yeah. because robin is just running the ads and i'm getting more calls and i'm hiring more closers then of course now we're at like 200 500 even a million a month right and, and cracking ads or instagram shout outs is kind of like you build the foundation to do that which is probably never going to happen with organic or i don't see yeah. anybody do it because then i would also try to close them for ads but i just don't see anybody <laughs> do it so i think at the beginning that's mentally hard it's like okay you're spending so much time and money and you have a lower profit margin which makes it a little bit scary yeah and you're like yeah it's not worth my time but yeah and that's true like if you don't push through and if you don't really skill skill yeah it's not worth your time and effort just stop doing it and just go chill on the beach and do your thing you know exactly and you know we when we hung out last time we talked about business is like self-development on steroids <laughs> it's like it's i think the 
coolest way to radically improve your life. It's the best way to go on, you know, on a rite of passage, so to speak. Because, you know, like if you ever learn about the Aborigines in Australia, they just send their whatever 12 year olds on a on a rite of passage into the desert for like, you know, don't come back in three before three weeks have passed. And either a 12 year old then just dies in the desert. I'm probably butchering this, but, you know, you get the gist or the 12 year old comes back as a man. And that is kind of. You know, if you live in the Western world, you're not going to have a rite of passage like that. Your parents, hopefully, are not going to send you to the desert for three weeks. But you have this thing called business. And in my first my first company, the dating advice company, I would almost say that, you know, learning dating as a young guy is a rite of passage. Because you're not going to get every girl's number. You're not going to be liked and loved by everybody. You're not going to be freaking Casanova at the first. Like, you're going to be rejected over and over and over and over again. You're going to be rejected 90% of the time. But it is your personal rite of passage. It is the modern-day equivalent of going out there on an adventure, Bilbo Baggins style, and slaying the dragon and coming back with a pot of gold and your new wizard friend. And that's exactly the same with business as well, is you can either... Put yourself in stressful as hell situations where the dragon is, you know, about to kill you, where you're going to have to fight orcs in the mines of Moria. But if you if you manage to overcome that, if you plow through that, if you die a thousand deaths, literally day by day, you will become stronger and you will return with that pot of gold and the wizard friend. And that is business for me. And the cool thing about this mindset is it puts you into a... It puts you out of a position of victim mentality of like, oh, business is so hard. Well, I see the freaking influencer chilling in Dubai. It seems much easier what they're doing than me. whoop de doo wah, wah, wah. If you let go of that and if you say, okay, this is an epic adventure. I knew from the get-go it's going to be hard and this is what hard feels like. Now you're getting into a position of acceptance and you can almost be hyped about the adventure that you're on. And then the last stage that you get on with your mind is you become grateful for the hard times. And the moment you are grateful for the hard times, that is where you become freaking invincible. Because then you're lying at home in your bed after a shit week. And instead of crying and feeling sorry for yourself, you're lying in bed and you're just like, yeah, I'm so hyped. Give me more difficulties. Let's freaking go. I'm ready. I sharpened my sword. I've, sh I've shouldered my axe. Let's go to fucking war. Let's be here to dominate. And once you are in that phase of gratitude, that is where you're opening your mind, your soul. I'm a little bit more esoteric than you on that. You're a little bit more down to earth, but yes. you know, that is how you <laughs> like you're like, yeah. That is how you open yourself up to to win because at least for me, I had to get out of that victim mentality and I had to get ready for battle. And that's how it feels like and you know, to, just to end that rant here on a cool note, I literally listen to viking music when I'm hustling. I'm like I I want it to feel like an epic battle that I'm getting into. And that was really helpful. So shout out for all the strugglers out there. I'm with you and you can make it. I uh, also want to add something less esoteric here, yeah. <laughs> which is also a good exercise. Yeah. It, it's like, if you have goals, right? This is for the people that actually have goals, which I think you have, if you're listening to this, it's like, you just ask yourself like, okay, how am I going to like triple or like quadruple my revenue? Or like, how are you going to go 10X, right? Like Grant Cardone. It's like, and you realize like, for me, it's almost impossible to 10X with, let's say only organic. Mm. Although it's a good question to ask yourself because then you might actually build the systems to do that. And then you might actually go there. But most people, they don't really look at the numbers. It's like, okay, I need this many calls. I need this many 
whatever traffic from YouTube or I need to publish this many videos or I need to get this many views. And then you ask yourself, is that realistic, right? Did I ever do that before? Mm. If not, you start publishing YouTube videos until you slowly go up and you're like, okay, but I see it go up at like 10%, let's say per month, the views or 20 or 50. So, you know, okay, if I calculate that true, you're never going to go 10 X in this year. And then we come to ads. It's like, if you really want to go 10 X, if you look at all the big names, like that are making two, three million a month, they're all running ads. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, it's also just about math. It's like, just do the calculation in your head and then you realize, okay, yeah, for now I'm not making that much money or for now this is a challenge, but this is the only way I'm going to get there because in my opinion, and it's kind of proven, I guess, the only way to get to your goal, if you want to make like, let's say a million a month is to do at least crazy Instagram shout out strategy yeah. or ads. And also if you do Instagram shout outs, if you just run some ads, it's going to improve your results. So there's no way where you shouldn't be running any ads in my opinion, if you want to get to a million. I mean, that's not my opinion. That's a fact, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> just do. I mean, I mean, who said that? <sighs> I can't remember who said it there. Like you're, e I think it was actually Jeremy shout out who said you're either blessed with a lot of organic and I loved how he used the word blessed. Yeah. You're either blessed with a lot of organic reach or you're going to have to spend tremendous amounts of money on paid advertising. Ideally both. Yes. Ideally exactly. for like both. So, you know, what I found really cool is like you kind of somehow came up with a system with us, how we could literally just shoot like hundreds of ads, like literally hundreds of ads. And for me as a person who has to freaking shoot them, didn't even feel like that. Can you kind of break it? I'm not sure if you're allowed to, you know, give away all the secrets, but can you kind of like break it down how how your system looks like when you're writing ads and how you allow me to shoot so many? Yeah, so right, the biggest issue, right, as a business owner, you don't have that much time. Yeah. So you cannot record like five hours of ads every day or every week. So what we do is we make this whole script that Max, you literally record, I think, in one or two hours. Yeah. And we can edit 100 ads. <laughs> now, this is based on like two principles. The first principle is that most people that watch your ad, they stop watching after three to five seconds. It yeah. depends a little bit on the channel. Sometimes it's two, sometimes it's four. So what you say in the first five seconds is the most important. Most people already drop off there. And it doesn't make any sense like to write 100 ads that are all different after the first five seconds because most people won't see it. Mm -hmm. So what you do is like you really focus on the first five seconds and you create, for example, a hundred like sentences that fit within five seconds. And after that, you have some, you know, extra content and some other scripts. But now the magic comes in here is if you combine those, right? Let's say you record like uh, 25 second blurbs of like video. And after that, you record five, little pieces then you can add them in different sequences and that you can add them in different sequences and after different variations of the hook and guess what now you have 100 ads right yeah. 20 times 50. so like there you have 100 ads like why are most people not doing this this is not like some kind of new concept it just takes planning right mm -hmm. you need to be really good first of all like coming up with all the hooks writing it all down structuring it properly and then someone needs to record it which is a little bit tedious because it's like this time you say escape the matrix and then it's like the matrix trying to enslave you yeah, and yeah. The, so it's like multiple <laughs> things that are a little bit tedious but then the important part of it where most people don't talk about like you need to have a video editor who's actually doing that and that's yeah. also pretty boring it's like this <laughs> literally 100 ads right yeah and then it doesn't stop there because after you have like tested all of those 100 ads right which most people don't even do because they're not disciplined enough yep. then you have one ad and you're like hey i have all these building blocks Mm -hmm. that I can start mixing out. Max doesn't see this because I all do that for him. <laughs> you start mixing out all the building blocks. And then out of that one ad, you make 10 new ads, right? Yeah. And then you're like, hmm, okay, let me see if I can edit the first five seconds differently, right? Mm -hmm. I show his face. I don't show his face. Um, 
And later on, you can even record those five seconds again with, let's say, an actor or something else. Or at a better location, which we often Different location. Yeah, that's also what we do, right? Like every three months, we pretty much record the winning ads most time in yep. a new location. Yeah. So by doing it like this, I mean, you literally have 200, 300 ads, but why do most people not do that? They're not aware of that the first three to five seconds counts the most mm -hmm. with ads. And the second thing, they're just not like disciplined and structured to actually do this. And even writing the scripts is relatively easy, but then all the freaking editing, checking if your editor put the right blocks, like block one, two, three, yeah. testimonials, results. And then after that, you ask him like, hey, can you switch it up? And then you have to check the, the blocks before that. So it is tedious, you know, boring work, but you know, nobody's doing it. So if you do that, you can really crush it with ads. Yeah. With not even that much recording time as you can uh, attest to. Exactly. And, you know, like you said, like that was one of the things that always like I I used to hate recording ads because I'm like, ah, I got to I got to stick to a script. I got to say the words right. You know, it's like high pressure, like they need to convert. la -di -da. And like for me, like that's that, you know, Frankenstein system of like just see like just really nail the intro, just really nail the body, just really nail the the the, the CTA at the end. It really helped me just to like compartmentalize it into smaller parts. And then, like you said, it's like, and then you come back to me and you're like, hey, these ads are crushing. Uh, I see you're in Cyprus. You're staying in an awesome villa. Let's, let's re-record them in the awesome villa. So I see this sometimes too is like a lot of clients that come to us with the idea of like, Ugh, I'm just going to record these ads once and then they work and then I don't have to deal with them anymore. But in reality, it's like you're going to record the same thing a hundred times with slightly different variations and slightly different positions. So the mindset for you as a person who records it needs to be like, this is going to be forever. Like you're going to test stuff forever all the time, also because the market changes. So yes. if you come into it with like, I'm just going to do it once and then it's done, eh, probably not going to be like that. But that also means that, you know, when you're first testing out ads, the location isn't as important. Like we often test first the script in a relatively easy shootable location and by the way we've done this with me literally traveling the world literally yes. so if you if you think like oh but i need to be in a studio and i need to be at home in my office no like we literally shot stuff in like airbnbs and hotel rooms like outside and and you know i'm not even sure if i can say this publicly but like we've literally found the one corner of the airbnb that looks good where we could shoot a damn ad and like there's like uh, there's like our luggage right behind the camera like on the floor you know there's like food on the other corner and this is like this one part where the camera looks looks really neat and professional and we just shot the ad just to get it out there and to get the script tested and then you know after a couple of months we know the winners and then we actually say hey um let's actually shoot this one in a nice location let's make sure the background is on point uh, let's make sure Max goes to the gym so he looks nice. And fit. <laughs> no, that's not necessary. But uh, yeah, you, you, it's it's important and um, it's a process that you need to commit to. And you know, for me, it's good that I have you to go full on nuts on that, so I can focus on the other things. Which for me at my at my stage, and this is also something that I'm doubling down on in 2024. The the primary skill set that I have is creating content and talking. As in case you haven't noticed yet, like for me, it really is talking. So um, I feel like every business owner needs to be aware of their primary, secondary, and tertiary skill set. And the higher up you go, the the you know the the richer the people are that you talk to, the more you hear them say things like leverage your skill set, leverage your primary, secondary, and tertiary skill set. So a lot of times, when you're making your 50k a month 
you're probably doing more than just your primary and your secondary skill set because you're going to have to do sales stuff and you're going to have to do this and you're going to have to do that and you got to be involved everywhere a little bit. But ultimately, the, the goal behind scaling to 100K plus a month is that you create systems and you hire the right people that take over the things that do not that are not encompassed by your primary and secondary skill set so you can then full on leverage your primary and secondary skill set and go all out there and leverage that because that's going to push your brand forward. Um, if you don't know your primary and secondary skill set, then what the hell are you doing here? Like you should know this at this level. If you're making 50K a month without knowing your primary and secondary skill set, cool, I tip my fedora, but you could be making much more if you actually had a little bit of introspection and you know what you're good at. So for me personally, it's, it's, it's um, organic content creation. Um, that's something I love. That's something I'm really good at. So I, I just ate dirt for a whole year in 2023 to build the systems with the sales team, with the hiring and all that. And I'm still involved in it. But I did that primarily so now I can actually focus on the stuff that I'm really excelling at. Yeah, and to put this in a normal human language, yeah. <laughs> what he's pretty much saying, what Max is saying is like, you need someone who is passionate about like, your ads, if you're running yeah, ads, right? Yeah. We're talking Which about scaling guy, to right 500K a month, a million a month. You need someone who's passionate about ads and creating ads. Like that can be yourself. But if you're like, if somebody in your company is not passionate about like, holy shit, that reel went viral. Let's see if we can base some ads on that. Yeah. Like, oh my God, this ad is working. We're going to figure out five variations of this ad. If you don't have someone like that in your company, then you either need to become that person yourself or you need to find that person. And that's kind of what he's saying with like building on your strengths. Like yeah. somebody needs to be passionate about yeah. creative testing and running those ads so you can actually grow. So, yeah. And, and, you know, this guy here is so passionate about this that even your girlfriend is passionate about it. Like, like she's literally like excited about this stuff. And, and I don't even think she's excited from it by herself. I just, it's, I think, I just think it's the excitement that's, that, that transitioned over to her from you. It's like a glass that has so much liquid in it that it goes over into the other glass. Yeah. Yeah. I made a joke like when we were grabbing dinner two days ago. I'm like, yeah, my girlfriend might know more about running ads than you, Max. <laughs> but I, I'm not sure I if that's true. That I'm not sure if that's true. But um, it is. It is. And then that's also another actually talking about like what it takes to grow a company. Like that is also important, that kind of passion, right? Mm. It's like, I mean, you have probably like you have sometimes worked with clients that are kind of like chill and a little bit boring and you mm. kind of have to pull them over the goal line pretty much. But like if, if you don't have someone that is passionate about like recording the ads, like or maybe jumping on a call with you, practicing the script or at least sending a voice memo and like thinking about like how, w where to record it and all that stuff, it's not gonna be fun, right? Yeah. Like the yeah. person you're working with also makes it fun. Like, and if you can make recording ads fun, of course it's gonna be easier, they convert better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's also if, if we can give them a tip, like how to hire a good uh, media buyer, that's also like, you kind of need to feel that passion a little yeah, bit. 100%. And that passion doesn't have to be like us talking loud, but it's just like, they need to come up with their own ideas yeah. and be excited. And that can show in multiple ways, but they need to be excited when something is working and mm. they need to be excited about the new things they can test. Yeah. Because if they're not, then they're just there to charge you that three, five, 10 K per month and then not really care. And then, you know, it's not gonna work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, I remember the first the first position where I really saw that was actually with videographers. And that is both with the videographer that is traveling with me now, but also the first videographer I had. Like, these are guys that, you know, I'm like eating, like we've finished work for the day, we're eating dinner, and they come with the camera and they're like, check out the shot, that, like, look at the shot. And they're so excited about the shot that they took. They don't need to be, you know, they, it's like, what are you doing? What In their spare time, they look at the shots that they shot. 
that's just you know uh, just another example of seeing if someone's really excited about that and like i said like for me um social media just to kind of circle back into the whole combination of, of organic and ads moving on in 2024 i actually believe that everybody needs to have a personal brand everybody i don't care if you're the face of your company I don't care if you're the media buyer. I don't care if you're in a B2B service providing or in a classic B2C coaching offer. If you don't have a personal brand, you're going to be replaced by AI or by someone who does have a personal brand or an AI that has a personal brand. We've seen those coming up now too. Um, so for me to get back into social media in 2024, it's about time. And I've posted a lot in 2023. I've been super active on Instagram. I think there hasn't been a single day where I haven't posted on Instagram. But uh, I've also posted multiple times per week on, on Facebook, YouTube, and so on and so forth. But that was me doing it on maintenance. And um, in 2024, I'm going to go all out with like, you know, we're increasing now uh, our publishing on Instagram Reels to three times a day, posting on Twitter three times a day, uh, LinkedIn multiple times per week. I'm just hitting everything. And the, way, the reason how I can do this, excuse me, because some people say like, oh, but I don't have time to post social media all the time. I kind of don't have it time either, but I've just built a setup. I call this a setup. I've built a setup that allows me to just create content pretty much on autopilot. And uh, there's so many different sources from which I get um, I get content from. Number one, to roughly categorize content creation into two different categories, there is content that I create actively, which is, you know, I create a YouTube video. I, we set up the camera and I speak into the camera. And then the second category, there's content that is repurposed. And that is, for example, content that I have for my life calls. That is content that I have from one-on-one -on -one calls. That is content from me sitting in the car driving to the gym and I have an idea and I tell my videographer who happens to sit next to me or if my videographer is not there and I'm going with my girlfriend to dinner, I'm like, get your phone out real quick. Can you record me? Because I just have this random freaking idea that I want to talk about. So I basically have a camera ready at all times. And you do too as a listener. You're going to have your freaking iPhone or Android with you. There's zero excuses anymore to shoot a quick, cool idea. And um, you don't need to be perfect with that because sometimes you have an idea and you're like, ah, but yeah, I'll record it later when I'm freaking at home and when it's silent. A lot of times this idea or your excitement for said idea dies down and then you don't even want to record that piece of content anymore. So what I do is I record every single one of my calls. And I don't just record it on the little Zoom you know, webcam or something like that, but I actually have an external camera that sits behind the laptop where I press record. I have a lav mic on. So with all my client support calls, you know, they run sometimes two, three hours. I have the camera record. And then I just take the freaking SD card. I give it to my guy and I'm like, here's three hours of stuff. Cut out the cool rants, cut out the cool 30 second uh, value nuggets for Instagram Reels, TikTok, YouTube Shorts, cut out the five-minute value nuggets for YouTube videos, and just, you know, use every piece of the buffalo, so to speak, like the Indians used to do. So I can literally create months, months. I'm not over-exaggerating. I can create months worth of content without ever actually sitting down and actively recording content. It's just from my live calls, from my one-on-ones, from everything. Even when I have one-on-ones with my sales staff, because I do, I do daily, not daily, but weekly one-on-ones with my sales staff where, you know, it's just a 30-minute conversation of like, hey, how are you doing? How's it going with your life? And, you know, 90% of the time, it's just random stuff that is irrelevant. But sometimes I go on a cool rant because, you know, someone says, oh, it's hard work and uh, 
how do I balance my life and my work? And I just go on a cool 10 minute rant. Boom. I have another piece of content as you shot. This podcast, exactly the same. Like how many reels are we going to cut out for you and for me out of this one and a half, two hour podcast episode? Because again, I want every piece of the Buffalo to be used because I'm a busy man. Plus I oftentimes get hooked on something cool like I am right now where I just ramble about stuff and there's a lot of smaller value chunks in there. Cut them out, slap them in there. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I didn't want to rant too much. No, it's okay. But, I mean, um, it's the same with ads. It's the same with social media. Like yeah. you have to do the boring stuff, build the systems, hire the right people that actually can do this for you. And then, and yeah, exactly. And then the cool thing is now, you know, you then see. I mean, that was the whole idea with this escape the matrix stuff. You then see one of the random reels that uh, was cut from a longer YouTube video going viral, and you're like, hey, Max, that's actually a good idea. Let me whip up some cool Frankenstein YouTube ads about that with different hooks, different bodies, and now we record an ad for that. So these things all feed into each other. It's a setup that is just meant to minimize time input on your side, maximum output in terms of content. And if you then have two, three smart brains that look at the output and they say, this idea works, this idea works, this idea works. Well, let's use this quick rant from a podcast for a YouTube ad, or let's use this tweet of yours that has gotten, you know, 100% more engagement than the average baseline. This is a topic that people are excited about. Well, instead of having a tweet with 270 characters, about XYZ topic, let's actually shoot a YouTube video about that. And then you go shoot a YouTube video about that. And then you, and now we're going really deep down the rabbit hole. And then you go into your YouTube analytics and you look at the retention graph that every YouTube gives you because YouTube has amazing stats nowadays. And you see a spike on a certain 30 second part in your YouTube video. So now you go in there and you say, hey, th this one part where you talk about this is actually something that people are really interested in. Well, let's cut that out, use it as a reel. Oh, now the reel performs super well. Actually, let's make an ad. So you, the, every single idea that comes out of your brain is worth documenting, whether that's on Twitter, whether that's on a LinkedIn article, whether that's as a YouTube video, whether that's just on a rant with your clients, use it. Every piece of the buffalo shall be used. And then be smart about it. Look at which ideas go viral, which ideas fire. We call this a flywheel effect. You just, you know, you create a piece of content. You'll look at the feedback it gives you. It either works or it doesn't, roughly speaking. The stuff that works, you double down on. Flywheel starts spinning faster. The stuff that don't work, you either try to fix them to make them work or you just, you know, discard them and say, hey, me talk about this is just not something that people resonate with. So over time, you get more and more acute to what works in your niche with your audience and that what goes along with your character. So you get better and better and better at content creation for written stuff, for long form stuff, for short form stuff, for paid advertising. And that's exactly how you do it. Yeah, 100%. I think also this is a nice way to kind of take the pressure off of ads. Like ads mm. are just content. I mean, yeah. it's like, you know, Instagram is not the same as YouTube. Ads are not the same as organic, but it's just content, right? So first of all, look at it as content. Look at it like how you look at it organic. You mm. record a bunch of them. Some of them work mm. and you do more of what works and you stop with what didn't work, right? Yeah. And if you're already doing organic, which again, this podcast is for people that are already doing a 50 to 100K a month, you probably already have organic content that yeah. you can use. Sometimes I've literally done something where viral reel, and we just added an extra call to action. The person was just like, <laughs> click the link below for the free video. <laughs> and we just put it after the, the Instagram reel and then we're getting leads. You know yeah, what I mean? Sometimes yeah. that's how simple it is and yeah. you don't even need to record ads. You just use your reel. This doesn't work for everybody. I'm not saying this is the most optimal thing to do, but it's an interesting experiment. Yeah. Yeah. It all, it all comes back to just dropping the perfectionism, both with ads as well as with any sort of content creation. And 
Um, a lot of business owners are very humble because I think it's an it's I think it's a, an occupation that forces you to be humble. You know, we've talked about it earlier at nauseam too. And then, but the problem with that humility that you're developing is it can sometimes sift into your content creation where you have an idea and you come to that idea with this like childlike enthusiasm and passion. It's like, oh, I want to post about this. But then that perfectionism comes in. It's like, oh, but is it is it going to work? Is it going to go viral? Is it going to convert? But the moment you think about that, that is where you're going to lose it because it takes away the passion. It takes away the spontaneity and it takes away the freaking fun of content creation. And, you know, it's just the same when with 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 dieting. What's the best diet in the world? The one that you can stick to for a longer time. And it's exactly the way I create content creation. I'm not a fan of overanalyzing every piece before I ship it, before I publish it. I'm more a fan of like. Let's go nuts. Let's experiment around and let's push the damn thing out and see what happens. You can then still create the, the almost the same reel, but with a slightly shorter call to action just to increase retention rate, for example. People don't care anyways. Like what you have to realize is you're not the center of the universe. Okay, people are not gonna be like, remember the thing you posted two weeks ago where you were wrong? Nobody cares because people have the attention span of a goldfish anyways. You're not the center of the universe. Nobody looks at you waiting for you to fuck up. Just be yourself. Talk about the, 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 the quirky, cool hobbies that you have. Talk about how you like Star Wars Episode Four much better than Eight, regardless of what your damn offer is. Talk about your favorite anime. Talk about your favorite Formula One driver, even if it has nothing to do with your niche, because people love that imperfect side of you. A lot of people think client, your potential clients are going to buy from the best offer or from the person with the most experience. No, I'm living a test to that. I'm not the person with the most experience. There's probably other offers out there that are even crazier than mine. But guess what? We still get so many people to buy from us because they can resonate with me as a person. And it will be exactly the same with you as well. If people can see the human side of you, they see how hard you work and you pair that with a sexy offer and you pair that with awesome delivery. That is usually the only thing that you the only three things that you really need to make multiple seven to eight figures. And that's also what makes content creation super easy because you have the joy and the spontaneity within it. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I totally don't look at it like that. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, but how I look at it is pretty much like if you look at Amazon, if you look at Booking.com, these people are constantly testing. Mm. So for me, I'm looking at everything like it's a test. It's an experiment. I don't know the answer <laughs> and I have to test and I have to look at data, right? And that's also how like, you know, uh, there was this guy who at some point said like in hospital, like, hey, you should wash your hands because it's good for you. You know what I mean? My girlfriend's probably happy that I'm bringing this up. She's a dentist. And everybody's like, no, you're crazy. Why would you wash your hands? That doesn't matter. And now everybody washes their hands in, your, in, in, in the hospitals. Yeah. So this is like a test, an experiment, a hypothesis, as they call it in science. Yeah. And you just have, that's how I always think about things. Beautiful. It's always a test. You come up with an idea. It might or it might not work, but it doesn't matter. It's like looking at the numbers and going from there. So if they, you can probably not imagine it that somebody nowadays would say, yeah, you don't have to wash your, ha wash your hands in the hospital. You don't have to use gloves. You don't have to use disinfectants. So even your craziest idea that is looks crazy or sounds crazy to you or to everybody around you might work, right? Yeah. I'm not saying like be dangerous or ruin your whole business with this. I'm just making a, a metaphor for like why testing is so important. The biggest companies are doing it. Uh, they do it in science. Businesses are doing it. So it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a no-brainer. Like everybody is testing and you need to test. Yeah. So, yeah. What is like one of the craziest ads that you've ever seen work where you're like, this is such a dumb thing, but <laughs> hell, it works? I, I don't necessarily have seen a dumb thing, but I like this this ad where somebody told me I had a crazy uh, click-through rate and it was like something like, I thought my baby died. 
So, <laughs> right? Like most people would be like, hey, that's too shocking or you can't say that or whatever. But some guy just tested an ad with, I thought my baby died. <laughs> and at least a lot of people are clicking on it. I don't know the story of What's like- What's the offer? Can we say I, that? I don't, I don't remember what okay. the exact <laughs> offer was, but it had something to do with like, I mean, the baby niche is huge, right? Baby health, how to go teach your baby, how to write, write and read before they go to school. That's, yeah. And all the supplements and all the crap. Like there's a lot of stuff there. But th for me, that was a pretty crazy, crazy <laughs> ad. Uh, did you did you know how to uh, read or write before you went to school? Because you kind of strike me as a person. No, I didn't. I didn't. I wish. I wish. Oh, that's funny. My, my children will. <laughs> I, I did actually. I, I, cool. I wrote and read before school. I just taught it myself. And then and then they all thought I was a genius. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then I went to school and that's probably something you can resonate with more. And then I, I was always really fast at all the tasks. Like, you know, like, oh, like write this thing. And I would write it like double as fast as the other kids. But then I would get so bored that I would then just talk to my neighbor the whole time. And, and that's how it just went. Like every single teacher always said like Max is really smart, but he's a really, really misbehaved child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That happens. That happens. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, I want to talk more about, you know, lead gen and sales teams we've talked about it quite a lot but more in regards to what are what do you see are the most common bottlenecks with scaling yeah so let's break it up in lead gen and uh, yeah and sales so if we talk about lead gen i'm going to talk specifically about ads although it did, what i'm going to say now also kind of applies to like outreach and all that kind of things like the appointment setters and stuff like that you mean yeah 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 mm -hmm. the biggest thing is like you know if you think about your market like not everybody has the same problem so at some point when you're running an ad let's let's use your business as an example it's like hey do you have a hard time getting clients right then at some point everybody has seen that so if you just focus on that one problem and kind of run one ad that kind of focus on one segment in the market mm -hmm. you're kind of gonna exhaust that so there's two things there the first thing is like at least like if you run it with a new photo or if you change a few sentences a little bit or let that. So there's not enough creativity within, like, let's say that message that works. But then later on, there's also other problems that your clients have, right? It's like, oh, I'm afraid to make a video for social media. Yeah. So they know that they want to make social media videos because they know they can get clients like that. Mm. So that might resonate with a different segment in your audience than don't do you know because those people know how to get clients it's like i know how to get clients i need to post on social media but i don't know how to post on social media social media or i'm afraid to post on social media or i posted a hundred things but it didn't work because i listened to gary v right <laughs> so there's there's always like already now this was like could be five to ten ads so that creativity of like you know making variations on the ad that works and then the other messaging and it's the same with like outreach right if they're always sending the same message if you're following up with the same message like with the same angle yeah like people are not going to respond right so if you look at follow-up like through the dms if you send multiple content pieces with different problems different goals different hooks angles then that's going to be more creative so in lead gen if, if people have a hard time scaling most of the time it's just pretty much your creative suck <laughs> which means you're not creative enough or you had found one and then or it was or it was like good enough to spend let's say 1k a day mm. but it was not good enough to spend 10k a day right because to spend 10k a day you know it needs to be an even better piece because you know you're going to reach an audience that's maybe less interested or not yeah. as interesting so it's it's always about the content piece there and i guess if you a little bit look at social media and, and and outreach and all those things it's also about variety and like being creative 
So I guess that's the first thing with, uh, th that's the biggest thing with lead gen is just not being creative and testing multiple IDs or, or actually becoming good enough because it's like, oh, I can spend 30K a month now on ads, right? It's like, yeah, but I have clients that are spending 150K a month on ads, yeah. Facebook ads. Yeah. And, and the difference is literally better creatives. Yeah. Although it might look good when you're spending that 1K a day, but then you start pushing the budget and then performance dips. So that's the biggest thing there. I guess with sales teams, the bottleneck is like, twofold it's like first of all it's like what we talked about before i don't want to talk about it too much it's yeah. like hiring yeah um but the other thing is like the whole sales management and the sales process because that's literally an art on its own i mean we have a guy who is literally doing the calendar management yeah i don't know how if he does it the whole day but yeah it's like something that he's doing a lot right so and just looking at like hey does it make sense to call this lead first right that gave this specific answer prioritization yeah. or that was like in the system for a day or seven days literally also had a conversation about that yesterday it was like oh yeah we found out that we could prioritize better and then guess what more people pick up uh and so in the whole sales process there's so many like because there's so many things right you have leads that you can outbound call what do you have to reach them and you book the demo what do you do after they didn't show up uh, then you have an application that didn't book a call. Then you have someone that actually booked the call but canceled. Yeah. There's so many workflows. Yeah. And of course, you cannot optimize them all at the same time. You kind of want to look at, you know, 2080 rule, like which ones have the most potential and which ones are happening the most often. But all these things need to be optimized and constantly changed as well. Like if things change, like the numbers, that's also another thing. S some people, they are like, they ask me like, hey, can you run my ads? Because it's not working anymore. And I start looking in it. And I'm like, every month, I see performance drop. I'm like, hey, here your show rate was 60%, 50, 40, 30. Did you see that? No. You know, no. it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this whole numbers part and like, I'm making sure that the sales reps and setters are actually being efficient by using the systems, right? And that's not their responsibility, just to exactly. be clear. That's of like the business owner or the sales manager. Yeah. So there, I think a lot of people lose a lot of money just by not having the right processes in place or never rethinking their processes and actually checking whether those processes are as efficient as they could be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've been kind of shitting on salespeople a lot now, but this is also your responsibility to have that type of lateral thinking so that your sales staff can focus on the things that they need to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, just like, you cannot expect salespeople who are really good at communicating, like they are good human humans, right? They're yeah, good with yeah. humans to like start looking into Excel sheets and like, optimize the crm themselves and like uh, and identify opportunities that they miss like this is literally not how their brain works right you're not hiring them for this kind of stuff so as a sales manager and or owner slash business owner you really need to make sure that they you enable them to do their best job yep. and to be fair there is a lot of shitty business owners and sales managers that don't really allow slash enable their closers to do their best work yeah exactly and i mean you know to we're slowly wrapping up this year but you can see there's so many different plates that you got to have spinning that you got to be aware of it might have sounded a little too overcomplicated now because we touched upon a lot of things that you can do but if you do things right scale to multiple seven figures and eight figures is relatively straightforward i'm saying relatively straightforward because you definitely have to uh, reinvent a couple parts of your company and you're probably going to have to do a couple things that are uncomfortable but at the end of the day it's freaking worth it and you, you know if i look back at at my times where it was just me making my 20 30 40 50k a month versus what we're doing now and i have so many awesome a players in my company and it really gives you a feeling of safety uh it gives you a feeling of you're one amongst a your own tribe and uh you're really moving forward and actually having a real impact 
part of the reason why I love the online coaching sphere is because you have an impact. You're not selling some cheap China products or something like that. You actually work with people. And the more people you can reach, you can touch, you can change for the better, the more fulfilling it gets. And if you then also make, you know, multiple seven figures a year or eight figures and you're taking a lot of profit home, that's good for you. That's good for your family, for your, your wife, your husband, your kids, your children's kids even. And, and it's just a really, really beautiful ride. So, uh, you know, I got to say to you, too, it's been an absolute freaking pleasure working with you. And uh, uh, I think we're just getting started. It, has, it gives me this feeling of we've done so much, but we kind of are just getting started. 100%. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for everybody listening or watching, if you want to set up a content system, if you want to uh, work with me, work with us one on one, uh, you want us to scale your ads, help you with that. We're actually working with a new test group where we help you scale to multiple seven figures or even eight figures a year. Uh, you can literally apply for for that it's maxtorno.com forward slash pilot that's an extra you know sort of uh, uh application that we've set up for people that are already making roughly 50k a month 50 to 100k a month and they want to scale and automate largely like i said it's maxtorno.com forward slash pilot you just fill out a couple of questions about where your business is right now what your niche is and so on and so forth and then we can hop in we can analyze your funnels analyze your content strategy give you a couple tips way pointers of how you do that and then of course we can also see if we can make you part of our test group scale of multiple seven and eight figures anything from you to add yeah exactly i mean literally everything we talked about now that will be part of the implementation yeah. just for a disclaimer like if you're making 50k a month that's a little bit tight so we're kind of looking for people that are making more than 100k a month mm. like if you are really like hyped about working with max and uh also me and you're making 50k profit a month that yeah. can also work but again you need to be like then super driven and like you really want to push it because you know of course it's not cheap to work with us this is a new pilot that we're going to roll out uh, it's going to be really intensive for both of us to yeah. be involved because right i'm doing the ads i'm doing the scripting max is going to be involved with like hey teaching you how to be actually good on camera yeah how to make sure all the photos are good how the social media is good have a whole social media plan so that you can pretty much post for the upcoming three months without thinking about it so this is going to take us a lot of time yeah uh, so we're looking for people that are super motivated or already make a lot of money um, with a proof of concept that, yeah, let's say 50K profit, but preferably you're doing like 100, 200, 300K a month. Uh, you kind of figured out Instagram shout outs or ads or something like that, and you want to, yeah, blow it up and, and scale. So that's pretty much it. We will ask you some questions in the type form. Please don't lie about it because our yeah. salespeople will figure it out. <laughs> we will know. <laughs> and also we, we will literally jump on a call with you in a yep. later stage yep. before we would even consider whether we take you on. Um, because the opportunity cost for us is also really high to just take on someone random who, you know, is not going to be successful anyway. So this is uh, totally different from everything we have done before. Yep. I think now I gave a proper disclaimer and kind of for who this is. Also, you need to be a coach, consultant, or a service provider, yep. expert, author, or influencer. You need to sell something online in the kind of education space. So if that's not you, please don't apply. Uh, I think that's it. It's been a wonderful journey. It's a wonderful world we get to live in. Um, thanks for being here. Thank you for listening. MaxTorno.com forward slash pilot and let's crush. GG. And if you got inspired by this and you say, yeah, I'm making roughly 50K profit a month and I do want to scale and automate and grow with Max's and Robin's help, you can literally book a call over at MaxTorno.com forward slash pilot. In there, you'll be first talking to one of my assistants. And uh, if we have potential to actually help you, you'll be talking to me and or Robin directly so we can help you scale and automate your business. This is for you if you're making roughly 50K a month profit with a high ticket coaching, consulting, or service providing offer. 
And uh, yeah, all I have to do is go over to maxtorno.com forward slash pilot and I'll talk to you soon.